0: Hello and welcome to episode 169 of the Super Horror Bros Podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike.
1: Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. We are very excited
0: this week to talk about this week's film. Obviously we talked about it in the last few weeks, the kind of, the hype was real. Um, And it's one, again, another one of those moments, we've had so many this year. Um, The hype is
1: ending, like we've now seen Doctor Sleep and Three from Hell. Like, what are we going to be hyped
0: about? Well, just this year in general has just been insane. You know, we've had kind of at least five or six movies that we've just been so excited for. Um, And yeah, this seemed like it was the last one of 2019. And I can't imagine there is going to be any more this year um and yeah what a year it's been so far can dr sleep continue that trend we shall see um but yeah first there's only a little bit of news this week um so we can get through this rather quickly because we need to talk about this movie um (laughs) but uh yeah this first one kind of the initial news story i'm like "Eh, there's nothing too much about it but then there's a extra tweet on top which makes it spicy um so the initial story is that um Apparently, Spec Division, uh, which is kind of like Elijah Wood's company, um you know, d- produced his last couple of movies, and they have done other stuff as well. Apparently, they were behind Mandy, is what this quote is saying. Yeah, they're saying um, that, aren't they? Yeah, and also Daniel isn't real, which was um at Fright Fest, Fright and fast, yeah. I think is going to be an Arrow release. I'm um, not sure if that one's out or not yet. Or if that's coming out in mm. December, um, yeah. but either way, will I, I did that True. is definitely one of the ones I wanted to see. Um, mm but yeah they were talking um about one nightmare on elm street um they were and yeah the quotes uh, they're not really that interesting to me to be perfectly honest i don't know if you disagree or not but it was pretty much what we've seen it's, when just, it's just some about, guys that uh, like wanna,
1: yeah just like nightmare on elm street i'm like fair play yeah real they is. were just
0: like we've <laughs> fantasized about it and they were saying about how apparently daniel isn't real has a lot of similarities so a lot of people that saw that movie kind of was then you know, jumping off that being like, you guys mm. should be in charge of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and so yeah, we obviously can't comment on that because we haven't seen the movie. But um, yeah, they're just saying the usual stuff, really. Like we think we've got an exciting um way to take the franchise and all of the, the usual stuff, you know, hmm. um, that we've heard a million times with the likes of Hellraiser and Pinhead and or not Pinhead, yeah. uh, Child's Play, and all these. I'm,
1: I'm just happy Nightmare on Elm Street's been talked about. Like, <laughs> please, please give me something.
0: Yeah, well, this does seem like the last few months that is the most rumblings we've had since we've done the show. <laughs> um, with all. Obviously, that rights, uh, you know, reverting back to the estate that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I feel like, you know, new line and all that stuff is still very murky anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, to get to the actual exciting part of it is uh, one Jeff Daniel Phillips uh, tweeted about this, uh, the actual news story itself. (laughs) um, And just added, I hope they consider Richard Brake as the new Freddy.
1: That's right, guys. That's right, guys. It's happening.
0: so yeah the movement has already started at this point i mean we're already a few steps into the movement um
1: it was a seed it is now grown into a beautiful little tree and soon i feel like before the end of the year richard will be announced as our new (laughs) freddie could you imagine
0: (laughs) it would be so ridiculous like we've really like made a lot of things out of thin air for this show um time and time again we've been utterly surprised uh you know by so many different awesome incredible moments but i think this would have to top them all wouldn't it <laughs> i
1: mean I, I i retire if this happens i'm not gonna lie guys like there's there's nothing more i could achieve in my horror career than this
0: yeah it's is it's insane like we're gonna have to find when that was originally first talked about because i think yeah. it was a question from cody i think it was
1: um, yeah
0: uh, it must have been earlier this year I, i'm guessing around six months ago if you remember mm. cody let us know because i want to find out the episode that you obviously answered that question on um because yeah, <laughs> yeah i feel like we need that yeah we need to pull that audio <laughs> definitely for uh historic reasons but uh yeah this is incredible like uh, i'm glad you agree with us jeff and um yeah mm. fingers crossed let's let's keep let's keep making keep more train people going talk about this rob um, we're looking at you next <laughs> yeah um so yeah this is just awesome news like, i was just like oh yeah you know people talking about the rights and all that like that doesn't get me excited because obviously we talk about it a lot where Unless you actually, you know, it is confirmed and we know things are happening. There's no point in getting yourself excited for. But this is the type of stuff that, yeah, this is this is the true hype that we can get behind. Definitely.
1: Definitely. And also we, we just trust Jeff Daniel Phillips. He's the man. Yes, so. Absolutely.
0: Let's get him involved in the film as well. Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll be there.
1: I haven't quite cast him yet, but he's, he's <laughs> going to be there.
0: Yeah, um but yeah, and then next up, just a, another smaller release. Really, was that um, Arrow released their kind of upcoming slate of releases? Mm. um Very small release this time. It is the January releases, and one of my favourite comments actually was um when they first announced this. um Usually, I don't like to put the spotlight on like trolley comments, but like this one <laughs> really got say. this one just really got to me because they were like, "Ah, oh, I see it's this like screw you releases of January because." <laughs> It very much felt like, you know, it's January. No one's going to be spending their money. Like, let's just put out a very, very small offering. Um, I mean,
1: there was a sick movie announced, though.
0: Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that, obviously. But, yeah, the, the kind of the main one that they were talking about was a movie called Edge of the Axe, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure is right up your streak. Uh, oh, yeah, streak. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, eighty uh, slasher. Um yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, was that's say, it, I, don't really? know, I don't know what you're talking about. I was happy with all three releases. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, well, a I mean, movie, a
1: movie that I really liked from Fight Fest, one that I wanted to see from Fight Fest and a cool ass 80s horror movie that I've never seen. Oh, I mean... yeah. I mean, for us, like, because <laughs> obviously, yeah, they've
0: they've obviously been announcing yeah. some big Fuck stuff. You, this Robocop. Year. <laughs> exactly you love robocop um, yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so that was the first sort of major one um and yeah these are all coming out sort of end of january um mm-hmm. next up was harpoon uh, mm-hmm. which like you said was at fright fest we didn't get to see it mm-hmm. um and yeah we wanted to uh so that's cool and then the third one which yeah was definitely the most exciting to see them talk about it was one of our favorite movies that we saw mm-hmm. at this festival um which is a serial killer's guide to life um, great movie and yeah, obviously we knew at the time that arrow had picked it up uh, prior mm-hmm. to seeing it um and yeah, so and yeah, this was a weird one with the announcement because Give me didn't the bad really- news. Yeah, well, there's there's a couple, really. The smaller one is that they didn't say a release date for this one, weirdly enough, and I couldn't find it. I, there was only a Facebook post for this one as well, and we'll get to why there wasn't a store page to pre-order this film. Um, But, yeah, there wasn't actually a release date attached to it, and the other two are, like, end of January, so, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll just assume that's that. But, yeah, the biggest sort of <laughs> kick in the balls with this one, really, is that it's digital only, mm. which, to put it mildly, is horrific. Um, From... <laughs> Because from from a company that we obviously love and, you know, the physical media is everything that we love about Arrow and Mm. they're obviously getting into their own stream and stuff. And we've talked about it before, the kind of the battle of the streaming services and how there's just way too many. Um, That's personally not what we want from Arrow at all. Um, We love the physical copies. Now I'm just sitting here looking at some of the ones I've had recently, like old yeah. boy. And you know, it's like old boy is available to rent, you know, like that yeah. is not why
1: I want them to pick a, a chunk, a chunk of their movies are available to stream from their channel. Yeah, that I've spent you know fifteen quid on the Blu-ray. The amount I I could probably have like a lifetime subscription to their channel with mm. them with the physical media that I've purchased, but I don't go to them for the physical uh, for the for the digital content. I'm there for the physical media. You know, there we talk about the presentation that they give and the fact that it feels like they go above and beyond to say that yes, we like physical media and we're gonna give you not just the movies you want but give them to you in a special way. Mm. You know, I never thought we'd I'd have something like Hills of Ice Part two on my shelf and all right yeah. it wasn't quite the well rounded edition that I wanted, but it's still bloody gorgeous. Mm. You know, and that's what I want from Arrow, not these digital releases. So I was massively disappointed and it sounds like we're not the only ones either.
0: Yeah, like it's obviously first and foremost, it's great that they're putting it out there, you yeah know, this so is a great people movie, can actually see it. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure, unless you were at the screen and we were at, like, I may have had a couple of other smaller mm. screenings in the UK, but like barely anyone's seen this movie. Yeah, um, don't
1: don't it's... sleep on this movie, regardless, guys.
0: Yeah, so definitely check it out. But yeah, I completely agree with you, and it's just not what you want to see from Arrow, and it's so disappointing because yeah, this was one that like I love getting those keepsakes of like yeah. I have Mega Time Squad on Blu-ray because I had such great memories mm. of seeing that movie at Fright Fest, and so it's really Nice to have that physical copy. Yeah. Um, and, and this I had love... some
1: lovely artwork as well that the Arrow, I think Arrow, anyway, it looked like they commissioned. It yeah, no, it like is Arrow, yeah. It. yeah. So, like, they commissioned this artwork for a poster. Mm. And now I don't even get that on my Blu-ray. Like, I was buzzing to have
0: that. And again, it's one of those things where I don't know the precedent with Arrow, but, like, for example, I don't know if they sometimes put stuff out digital only and then Blu-ray, a late update. Um, But Arrow are, I mean, at least on their Twitter account, they don't really reply to anyone. I put the tweet out there asking that question and, of course, Mm. got no response. um, Yeah. It seems like they don't really have... Not much of a great communication with, with the fans, to be honest, online anyway. Like their presence is, you know, it's it's they, notable, but I don't think they have a good way of communicating with the fans. They are a
1: very small outfit when you scrape the surface, um, which is something I've found out that kind of you know, which which is awesome, but but they are starting to show the limitations of their scale, you know, of their size, I think, that you know, they need to grow in, in line with their demand because mm. as far as I can see, they're only growing and um you know this is one of a few slight missteps recently um that has left me a little bit disappointed and and as someone that spent hundreds of pounds with them and probably will continue to do so um i just want them to sort it out
0: Mm. Um, yeah there's been a lot of different delays recently yeah um with a lot of different releases and then you kind of had this a real mess of a release with the Satanic Panic, which is a movie that we still want to cover for the show. Mm. um, And we probably will be covering in the next couple of weeks. Um, But yeah, like they just didn't have any stock really for you, which was a bit ridiculous. So
1: the the movie was meant to drop on the 28th and um, all of the Arrow warehouse stock was shipped to third parties and none was kept aside for (laughs) people that pre-ordered direct with Arrow, which I did to support them and got royally screwed. Yeah. And and ended up having to buy through Amazon, and you know, as as someone who, a wants to support physical media, b wants to also support buying movies and buy and, and watching them the right way, you know, we had to delay a show that we wanted to put up because I didn't have the Blu-ray that I ordered, yeah, um, you know, and I know that's small problems, but but at the end of the day, you know, that kind of you know the old boy. You know, not getting a release of Serial Killer's Guide. I think, you know, the Hills of Eyes part two box set was, you know, um, content light. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even even little things like um, the Harpoon kind of release, how they kind of tweeted out, like, give us your artwork for it. I'm like, your Arrow. Like, you commission beautiful artwork. Like, you give me the beautiful artwork. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They just seem to be taking a few weird steps right now that I just hope that they can course correct. I
0: think a lot of those really do smell of what you said, where they're, they're a smallish company that Mm -hmm. are trying to get bigger. And I think they're trying to figure out ways Mm. like all companies do to cut corners effectively to save money, but then Mm -hmm. also, you know, still put out the quality releases. Like, of course, like I don't think either of us are remotely saying that like the restorations are going to drop down in quality or anything like that. But yeah, like artwork that obviously costs money, putting certain movies out on disc costs money. So I think that's clearly where they're trying to cut corners and, to me anyway, it's disappointing to see, but listen, we love arrow and they, obviously this is a misstep or a few missteps. And I think the best thing to do is to communicate with them, like what we've tried to do. And I think always do it, obviously respectfully. And I really liked what I saw on the Facebook post of this release as well, where everyone was saying like, we love you for physical media. Yeah, Please yeah. listen to us. We want to buy this movie. Um, you know, and it's like, I don't want to just rent a movie from you. So exactly. yeah, if, if you feel like we do definitely do the same thing, hit them up on Facebook on any of their social medias, of course, mm. be respectful, but let, uh, let them know how you feel about this.
1: Yeah. The main thing is we want to have an awesome physical release of a movie that we thoroughly enjoyed, you mm. know, and I know the filmmakers want that as well, which is yeah. important, you know, um, because you know it's it's not dead. You know there are tons and thousands of people. Arrow built their name off yeah. this physical media.
0: Yeah, so, we, they're the last people we crossed. need to be telling that yeah. to. Hopefully,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's so, uh, hope you know it gets corrected.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks it'll be like, oh yeah, it's digital only, but in March or whatever when they think because obviously I do, <laughs> I do, I genuinely do think it is because it's January as well. it has. Like-
1: it has I'm, I'm pretty sure they have had things come on
0: demand before That's what I'm hoping.
1: I think it has happened before. Um, Like you
0: say, this is a case of just their communication sucks because if... I'm not entirely
1: sure about Daniel isn't real, to be honest.
0: Yeah, if that is the case, tell us that you know (laughs) like please let us know um because yeah it's it's the silence is deafening in this case Mm. um but uh yeah should we should we that's pretty much it for the news this week like i say it's Mm. it's the the year is slowly winding down richard is
1: freddie we need no more that's fine
0: exactly um but yeah should we talk about this week's film finally
1: let's do it
0: let's talk about dr sleep Where oh where to begin with this movie. Doctor
1: Sleep. I don't even know, man. I guess <laughs> I, it's <synopsis. laughs>
0: It's just straight in, like just like a normal movie. Uh, yeah, in case you guys yeah. haven't heard, Doctor sleep, it's about his kid. Uh yeah. he's got some weird shit going on. Yeah.
1: I mean The Shining, <laughs> that was a movie, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. This is really one of those ones, like I say. I think like we've had it more this year. Like, we've had it before with Jigsaw in these moments where it was like it was really surreal to sit down to actually talk about a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably like the second or third worst I've had it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, free from hell being by far the biggest one. And I think when I yeah. first saw us as well, I really couldn't process it properly. Um, yeah.
1: I had to see us a second time to like understand what I had actually seen.
0: Yeah. And I really feel like it with this movie, like I almost at this point still feel ill-equipped where I've seen it. And mm. it was about three or four days ago at this point, And I haven't stopped thinking about it once like it has not left my thoughts. I keep thinking about this movie so so much um yeah, yeah. it's it's an interesting one <laughs>
1: definitely so i I mean I guess it's a good i guess we start at the beginning right like mm. um obviously Doctor Sleep, if you have been uh sleeping on this huh yeah uh, yeah yeah um is the long awaited sequel to the shining uh yeah. penned by one mr king um uh what is it twenty thirteen release yeah. Um, and one that I was pretty much buzzing from, from the day he sent out the tweet. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but basically he sent out a tweet so. saying like, I've got a couple of ideas guys, like another Dark Tower book slash spinoff, which I've never really got into that franchise, um, yeah. or a sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep. And I was like, Jesus Christ, hell yes. Uh, and it, it narrowly won the vote. I remember it was like, pr- I thought it was gonna be a landslide. Um, <laughs> But and lo and behold, Doctor Sleep came out. Um, I purchased it in pretty much every format that I could, and eventually listened to it, like I do all of my books these days. Um, but I have the physical book and I have the ebook as well because you know <laughs> I wanted to try and absorb this one way. Mm. Um, and suddenly we get the news that uh, our boy Mickey Flanagan, <laughs> in- <laughs> give him his proper name, Mike Flanagan, is in <laughs> to direct. Yes. The one and only. Straight Which off is... in the pillhouse. He gets this gig. Uh a lot of weight behind it. We suddenly find out that Ian McGregor is cast as the lead. Mm. Um quickly after that, Rebecca Ferguson has rose the hat and mm. I could not have been more excited. Yeah. Um the trailers came out and they were the most hyped trailers I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And um yeah, just just off the rails hype from thereafter. Um yeah. So I guess if you know nothing about Dr. Sleep, um, obviously we'll be given a spoiler free review to begin with. Mm. Um, And we pretty much joined the journey of Dan, kind of Torrance as as an adult, kind of struggling um, with kind of his past uh, as we know what that is from The Shining and kind of in the form of alcoholism and kind of recovering from that. And in the meantime, we're introduced to a whole new group of people led by the amazing um, Rebecca Ferguson as uh, Rose the Hat. And they are basically a gang of, um, I don't really know what to describe them as, individuals for now. Mm. And um, called the... Not- Vampire-like? Yeah, yeah, kind of. The, these creatures that are Um, you know look look like like humans on the Mm. face of things but as you scratch under the surface very clear that they have some extra abilities um and yeah they are they are known as the knots and they are basically hunting people that shine and they live off um kind of absorbing their power and uh, killing them in horrific ways and taking the shine from them Mm. um and so danny kind of gets thrown into this world um via kind of one another new character called abra who is basically um super powerful with shine ability, and kind of this absolute kind of um a white whale for the for the for the knot and they kind of want to get her and take her shine in a horrible way mm. and dan wants to stop that yeah and uh, that is dr sleep
0: Yeah, like if you don't know anything about this, you you must be saying to yourself, "What on earth is this about? (laughs) What the fuck fuck was he just talking about?" Because Mm. like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's There's the whole, there's the the entire history of our lead character going into this, and then this, like you say, this entire new world, this new kind Mm. of the shining ability is still there, and it's still in the same form, but it's Mm. it takes such a different light in this world because this you immediately open it up to of course there were multiple characters in the shining that had the ability but in this world there are so many more and obviously Mm -hmm. you get to see the two different sides that are really using it wanting to use it for good and then the people that use it for the most you know despicable evil that you could possibly think of um in terms of what they actually do
1: perfectly in the opening scene of this movie
0: yeah ridiculous that scene alone is like incredible. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely like, one of the standout one, scenes I've seen ever. Yeah,
1: one of the best openings to a movie since uh, Thirty One for me. Mm. You know, it it was it it just instantly got you gripped. Instantly introduced Rose the Hat as the character that I wanted her to be, um because kind of you know coming from you know into this movie from someone that absolutely loved the book. It's one of my all-time favorite books that I've read and. Um, you know, wh- whether this is um, unpopular or not, it's my favorite King book that I've ever read. Um, so I was, you know, buzzing to see this movie. And Rose was the character that um, absolutely fascinated me in the book. Um, and Rebecca and uh, Mike's kind of, you know, imagining of this was perfect. Mm. It was more than what I imagined it would be.
0: Yeah, I, I should say as well that obviously you've read the book. I haven't mm-hmm, um not. going into this. Um you've read The Shining as well. Correct, yeah. Um so yeah, I've only seen the movie as well of The Shining. Um mm-hmm. I have started reading Doctor Sleep and I really didn't yeah, think oh, that yeah. I would. Um and yeah, we'll we'll get to that sort of stuff because yeah, my biggest I really wanted to read it post seeing this mm-hmm. movie and I didn't know if I would. Um and I still don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Oh, it's a good thing. Um, I think so, because I think it just means that I love these characters so much that I want more of them. Um, I think my biggest... Going into it, I didn't want that to be the case because, like, I am first and foremost a film-goer. That is my preferred form of entertainment. So
1: so am I. Like, having read these two books, that is an anomaly for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, same. Like, we don't read a lot, and obviously there's stuff like Nosferatu, which, again, that we both adore, um, Joe Hill's book. But, yeah, like, I was so excited knowing that they were going to do a TV version of it because I was like... That's what I love. You know, I love seeing the physical version of it. And especially again, mm-hmm. there's a lot of parallels, I think, with that. Um, but like knowing that they got the casting perfect in my eyes with the two leads, mm-hmm. um, with our, with our lead, you know, female protagonist and our lead male antagonist. Both knocked it out of the park perfectly, yeah. um, and so yeah, um, going into this, like I just wanted, you know, to be told an amazing story that I didn't know much about, and obviously knew The mm-hmm. Shining stuff, and yeah, still thoroughly enjoyed their versions of these characters, but there was still a part of me that was like, okay, I really need to actually, I need to see them at their true form, their original mm-hmm. form, um, because obviously the I've now seen, yeah, I've I've seen the film version, I've seen Mike Flanagan's version, and obviously we'll get to changes and stuff like that um yeah you know and different types yeah. of uh you know scenes that he may have, have changed so so i do like to know that comparison like i'm glad mm-hmm. i did it this way because i've got the reverse you know um kind of experience that you had of course mm-hmm. loving the book and then getting to see the film like for me get to see the film and then see the book i think is, is interesting um because then it does give us sort of different perspectives um but yeah, I think we're still talking about that opening scene, which yeah, I I loved so much. Like I've never, I don't think I've felt so uncomfortable so quickly ever watching a horror movie. Yeah. Um, and especially because I had excitement going in. You know, like I, I was filled with joy mm-hmm. and there was a smile on my face and I was like genuine. There's an excitement, you know, like when I go watch a you know Avengers movie. You know, that was how I felt going into mm. this movie. So then within two minutes, for Mike Flanagan to immediately yeah, change you my feel mood sick to your stomach, yeah, in like,
1: the most horrific way.
0: Like my palms were sweating and I felt uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I was loving the scene, but I wanted it to be over as quickly as possible because <laughs> I knew exactly where it was going, mm-hmm. you know, which is obviously intentional, this kind of mm-hmm. creep in dread. And I think it's probably the best scene I think Mike's ever done. I, I, I really think that it, it encapsulates what's so good about him as a director. He just lets actors do their thing and he doesn't he doesn't want to step in the way of their
1: great performances it's, it's subtle as well because you know and again we've been a little bit careful with it because i don't yeah. want to go into it massively no. but like what he does so fantastically is he doesn't he doesn't have to shove it in your face mm. like we all know how that scene is going down and it's that impending doom we don't need a mad rush of action at the end of it to give you a jump scare yeah. It was intimidating enough and and that's what I love that, that you know it's what he doesn't tell as well in the scene that makes it so powerful um but yeah kind of you know jumping off of that, and then the movie kind of kicks in and honestly, I was in dreamland like <laughs> the the first you know two thirds to to three quarters of this movie were almost perfect for me. Mm. it moved at um a pretty quick frantic pace, those first 15 minutes that I feel like, um, would, were would could be slightly difficult to follow. And you definitely missed big points because of the fact that it doesn't get explained in the film. But mm. obviously as we delve into the latter part of the film, which I'm not spoiling, um, it, it does go different directions from the book. Therefore kind of doesn't need that set up in the earlier bit as much. Um, but um we still got the important scenes from the book in there um we got introduced to our characters and kind of you know abra and what she's all about and obviously dan kind of his life but for me just every scene that had the knot in and um rose the hat was just absolutely phenomenal kind of the cinema scene when we're introduced to snake mm. by andy was a scene that in the book i was just I couldn't stop, like, at when it was going on. And, like, it was as good in the film. Um, And kind of, again, casting spot on for all of the members of the True Knot, to be honest with you. I thought they were all fantastic. The one that I was unsure about was... um, Oh, God. Why am I drawing a blank? The guy... um, Crow Daddy? Yeah, Crow Daddy. Um, I wasn't sure on the casting of that because I kind of had a different kind of character, like mm. a different picture in my mind. But the second he started, I was like, no, nope, he's, he's good. He's good. Mm. And yeah, everyone was pretty much awesome in this. Um, so yeah, like for me, I just, uh, you know, the, the first, yeah, like I say the first three quarters, um, was absolutely blown away. The final, as the movie gets into its final act, um, it takes a very quick there's one pivotal scene that takes a massive 180 from the book. Up until that point, it was pretty much um, in line with the book. Mm. And the big 180 just it never comes back from there towards the book. Um, it's a it's a brand new story, effectively. Mm. And um, it's it becomes more fan fictiony and less in exciting for me. And gives me less of what I wanted from the from the characters. Um, I didn't hate it, um, but I didn't want it. And what I what yeah. I really wanted was the ending of the book. And even though you haven't seen it, I know that that's what you would want as well because the characters that you know uh, King had originally wrote and that Flanagan had brought onto the screen, i.e., Rose the Hat and. Abra and all of those. Those, you know, those characters I wanted to get the ending that was in the book because you just get to explore them so much more mm. instead of unfortunately the path that Flanagan went and what he ended up exploring. Um so that did that did leave a sour taste and um it was a huge disappointment walking out the cinema, to be honest with you, because you know, I was so wanting the story that I that I was expecting. Um but kind of removed from it, I I just keep thinking about the earlier parts of it, and mm. um, that's the bit that's going to stick in my mind. That you know, if he'd have, if that that first three quarters was one of you know, it it would have been up there for movie of the year for me. I loved it that much.
0: Yeah yeah it's it's weird like i agree way more than i thought we would going into this because obviously we came from two completely different mm. uh areas on this story but um i feel the same way and especially again don't want to talk spoilers just yet but you know it, do- it the movie feels like it takes a different direction and obviously as someone yeah. who has not read the book i felt that way watching the movie where i was like oh okay this is really going down the avenue now and it's it's it leans so much on The Shining in its yeah. final act to its detriment. And I'm really surprised because I wasn't expecting that going in. I think that the one thing that I never would have kind of accused Mike Flanagan of in the past was not showing restraint um, mm. because he, he definitely has in everything. Like, is exactly House. what we said
1: from the opening scene of this movie. I was touching yeah. upon his restraint and how he keeps yeah. that scene so grounded. And that's what makes it so terrifying. In his Hill House, restraint there's is so the many...
0: There's so many opportunities for him to go full wacky to go, right, we're now going to go 100 miles an hour this way. And no, he lets that story be told at the correct pace from start to finish. And he never wants, like, lets himself get ahead of him. And he's like, right now I've got all these ghosts in this house. Let's go to this. Like, he never goes that full mm-hmm. way. He's always like, no, let's keep the characters there. Let's keep it grounded. And so... I was really surprised that he goes, I think, too far in the finale. And it will be divisive because I think loads of people will absolutely love it. Um, And again, I'm coming from the perspective of I love the film The Shining so much. And I have no, you know, love or recollection of Dr. Sleep. I was just excited for this movie. And so the fact that I feel this way, where I'm like, I think it steps on its toes too much. I think it kind of it wants to be the shining too, too like too much and and yeah. ultimately i just wanted doctor sleep um because they'd given me an hour and a half or 2 hours of this amazing new story and i completely agree with you like i fell in love with these characters yeah. um the true not rose hat Rose the ha- and you know we've barely talked about danny and abra as well yeah. um because danny is like so incredible he like this is what i loved going into this was that we know this character from the shining but we don't know anything about this character from the Shining. no you we know, knew he was him a as kid. a little
1: kid that had a horrible thing happen to him yeah, and has that so, shaped him as an adult and like we yeah. and, and it's so rare to get like a story pick up so far in in the future that we get to see this character that we all loved in the shining and get to see how he's dealing with it and find out the fate of his mom and kind of find out how he's dealing mm. with life and you know all of that stuff and um you know it it was amazing mcgregor did a perfect job yeah like um, he
0: he did a performance which we haven't seen much of i don't think in horror this year we've seen a lot of boombastic performances really kind of like overtly um over the top i would say yes. in a good way but like mm-hmm. more you know traditional horror i guess yeah. performances ones that really stand out and i think His this is a, again yeah this is again grounded muted i i could see some people watching this and being like oh he looks really bored and stuff and i'm like no like he's he's really portraying a character who has gone through horrible stuff and he's yeah. got so much mental he, anguish he, he's he on was, his face everything.
1: yeah he was broken as a child and we join him as a man um as he hits rock bottom uh, rock bottom again mm. and you know he you know we we go with him on a journey to get him out of that and i think mcgregor did a perfect job you know the more the more I think about it, the more I am saddened by the ending, because, yeah. um, you know, like you say, when when Flanagan was talking in the press and kind of how he wants to mix kind of Kubrick shining and Dr. Sleep together. Mm. Um, and we was like, OK, that is one hell of a challenge, considering King hates Kubrick shining. And that ending um, of the movie leaves you in a you know, not massively different place, but but certainly, you know, Um, you know, quite a few different reasons, it's quite a few different things that do come into Doctor Sleep. Um
0: yeah, differences that would have to affect your story if you're going off the shining the film canon, not the book canon.
1: And to be honest, when I saw the trailers, I thought, okay, we're gonna have um you know, this movie um deals with a lot of stuff in people's heads. You know, if you've ever Mm. seen um Dreamcatcher, it's Mm -hmm. along those lines where Characters can live inside their heads, and you get to see what they 're seeing and so I thought to myself a lot of the the trailer stuff um and yes, yeah, so I guess spoilers if you 've not seen the trailer um but there are shining moments in the trailer, um mm-hmm. you know scenes that we know from the original movie um that have been reshot um that were in the film, and I kind of thought a lot of that would be in his head and get around it that way and and pay pay the homage to Kubrick that way. And that mm. movie, because that's all the, the imagery that we love, but then give us King's story, which is Dr. Sleep, which people aren't clamoring for because people haven't necessarily read the book, but people will, when they get the story, because the story is fantastic. And um, I thought that would get bums on seats with the shine in imagery and then, you know, happy viewers with, with the Dr. Sleep story. And, um, yeah, I just I wonder if it is. Um, you know, I don't want to give Flanagan a, a, a straight up pass, but I wonder if you know this is a studio attachment that he's got. You know, he's been doing Netflix stuff where he seems to have full mm. control over it, and I wonder if there there was a cut out there when they when he was kind of getting towards the end, and they're like, uh, "Dude, you are making The Shining too. Like, yeah. y- we we need some Shining shit in here." And um, yeah, it, it it's massively to the movie's detriment because that final act is disappointing there is no there is no way around it for me
0: what i think is really interesting is that he obviously wrote the screenplay of this Mm -hmm. um so i'm really curious like what you said where um like i know obviously not knowing the story but i know that the final act is very different to the book and so i wonder yeah. if ever his first script had a more in line with with what the ending mm. of the book was and if any of that ever got on film you know mm. and whether it was a really late change to really you know turn up the shining references to yeah, 100 i doubt it but no but it's a weird choice isn't it that, like if he went into it straight away and he was like i'm gonna adapt dr sleep pretty
1: much completely you know, changed the ending <laughs> yeah
0: because like up until that point it's like you say it's pretty much you know the two main differences from the book and the film of course um with the hotel and the character of dick but other than that and again i think he he kind of handled them really well in the movie yeah um and they felt very seamless to me um like he really stayed true to it. And then it's really is this final act where they're like, man, we really need to give everyone all these shining references. And well, I like, agree. remember ready the, like... player
1: one. That was cool. Right. And yes. we were like, yeah, that was cool for like a movie that was playing like a lot of homages to things, but we don't, we don't actually want that.
0: No, it's weird. Like yeah. I'm really, I am curious. Cause like, I ultimately feel like he then, when you try we said this going in it's like you can't please everyone and so yeah in a way he kind of fails on both ends because he didn't fully adapt this book that we wanted him to and i ultimately i feel like well if you didn't really care about dr sleep in the original why didn't you just make a fan fiction you know sequel to the shining mm. um it's difficult man because like I, like I say i really 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 like this movie yeah. and i think that a vast majority of it is so awesome and was exactly what I wanted and so much more Um, and the performances are what really elevated this and there's so much care and love taken into it Um, Mm. but then yeah once you get into that final bit which again I guess we're gonna have to talk about spoilers at some point but it really does just feel like he took all the restraint off and it's almost like he shot all this stuff for his own self-fulfillment which then ended up being in the movie and it Mm. really is at the detriment to the new characters. Um, Danny specifically Abra and rose kind of really feel like afterthoughts in the finale they, of the movie, which yeah. is which is their movie
1: at the end of yeah, the yeah they all suffer um and in particular rose who <clears throat> was just you know a tour de force in the movie and just kind of you know really really is just put to one side to focus on things from a movie that we've seen 30 years ago you know yeah. over 30 years ago and it's a disappointment because you know that that first you know is. It's difficult not to sound just salty and angry because, mm. uh, you know, I am, <laughs> but but I also love the movie. Like it really, it's the most conflicted I've ever been over a movie, I think, Yeah. because bottom line is, it's some of the best stuff I've ever seen. It was a fantastic adaptation, but then just took this terrible choice at the end, you know, and yeah. it really does... You know when I sit down and all set and done, and I get away from me as well because I know I've got a problem which I never have in that I have an attachment to the book, yeah, um, and he gave me a different ending, okay, fine, but also, I just didn't like the ending as an ending, yeah. like um you know, yes, I preferred the book ending, but there are you know he could have given me a, an another ending that I could have enjoyed, but ultimately. I just didn't enjoy where pretty much every character ended up. It felt Mm. very unsatisfying to me and very untrue to the rest of the movie. Mm. It seemed like we got to that final act and every character took a one eighty from what they were building towards. And, um, that, that was the thing that was so disappointing to me, not the fact that he changed the book. Like, you know, the book is not sacred ground to me, you know, you can adapt it, you know, how you see fit, you know, we, um, we spoke about how different, you know, the adaptation to it was and how mm. that worked in the book's favor to, uh, you know, to the film's favor. Mostly. Too, they
0: changed loads. Yeah. As well. Absolutely. Loads.
1: Yeah. And for someone, yeah, that was something that, um, you know, I love the book and the, the, the TV show is so different, but I respect it and it's still really good fun. And you can, mm. they're these two things that you could watch together, you know, or, or, sorry, absorb together, you know, as two separate things and enjoy them both. And this, yeah, it, this is the secondary version. You know, this it really is right now because of that ending. This is why
0: that I'm, I'm so happy that I didn't read the book going in. So we had completely different perspectives because mm-hmm. um, this this is the argument of this entire movie, really, of,
1: you know, yeah, does the ending th- work?
0: Yeah, because you can look at that ending, and obviously, as someone who has read the book and loves it like yourself, that mm. it would be easy to go, "Well, of course, you don't like it because they changed it." But then on the yeah. other hand, my perspective is that I love the movie The Shining, so I should fucking love this. Yeah, ending. yeah, and, I and...
1: wasn't sure whether you would like. No.
0: It because it doesn't feel deserved it Mm. doesn't feel like it should be there it does feel tacked on um it does feel like you told this amazing new story and then realized you needed to make a sequel to the shining um
1: ultimately ultimately it's not fun either is it like it it, like we explore a lot of things that we've seen before but none of them i've seen it like i've I've seen that exact thing i don't need to see it again i've seen it parodied in a good way for Ready Player One and, mm. and that's all I needed. Like I don't need that again. Let alone do I need these awesome characters being thrown in these weird situations. So yeah, it just like it's difficult to go into much more without getting into spoilery. But yeah, mm. the it really it really just falls flat for me. You know, there are a couple of scenes which we'll get to that um weren't in the book that were new for this movie that I did kind of enjoy. Mm. Um but it it did just let me down in the end. Um But overall, this movie is still a banger
0: yeah like i feel the same really where like overall this is a mixed bag because the ending it was it just kind of put, washed over me and suddenly mm. all emotion that i had all kind of weight that i had an attachment to the characters just flew away and that was mm. really disappointing to me because i was like oh i really cared about rose and abra and danny and now ultimately i'm just watching this fun kind of rehash of the shining and mm. so and even though i love the shining i'm 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 way more focused on these other characters so the ending again does leave a bad time taste in my mouth but i still think overall it's a, such a good achievement um mm-hmm. and i agree with you where had the end in not you know I didn't necessarily need the book because I'd have no idea what the book ending is, but had it no. not left me disappointed, this would have easily been a front runner for my movie of the year yeah. because of how strong your McGregor's performance. We're going to be talking about in the future. hundred yeah. percent. Rebecca Ferguson's performance. We're going to be talking about yeah. in the future. A hundred percent, you know, two incredible tour de force uh, performances. Yeah. I think Mike Flanagan delivers on the horror as well. Mm. We've not really touched upon that, but like there are some, I, I think this is a 15 in the UK. And yeah, I, I don't have no, no idea how it's a 15. Yeah, um, I don't know
1: because the, the, not as savages in this movie.
0: Yeah. You know, it's insane what you can get away with now but again he does it it's not gratuitous but it puts Neither. over the villains and it makes you feel uncomfortable like it's supposed to like a good horror movie is supposed to make you feel mm-hmm. um and again so much emotional weight like i loved seeing danny as this older man trying to just like connect with the world again yeah. you know seeing him as, as as in his normal job and kind of finding out why the movie's called dr sleep yeah some of those scenes were my favorite of the entire movie um and again like oh, it's beautiful
1: this- it just it shows a man that you know it's just this simple story where it just shows a man that's finding his feet again and Mm. just finding a way to make a small difference in the world the way he can with it with the gift he's got and like it's such again it's just it's restraint you know he's not using the shining to prevent like you know um massive kind of earthquakes and you know saving thousands of lives Mm. or anything like that he's just You know, he's doing it in a quiet way that keeps him happy and gives a little peace to some people. And, you know, I think that's fantastic. And it really it really does help ground the movie. Um, And McGregor just absolutely smashed that as a performance.
0: I really was expecting that to not be in the book as well, because, um, mm-hmm. I've started the book and I now know that those scenes are pretty much exactly the same yeah. as they are in the book. Um, but watching the movie, I was like, this is exactly what I love about Mike Flanagan's previous work. And so I mm. feel like scenes like this is why he clearly attached himself to it because he has such a kind of haunting beautifulness in a, in the yeah. terms of how he talks about death um he did the exact same thing in hill house because he's not afraid to tackle this subject and he's not afraid to characters to give their opinion um and it's really like it's it's it makes you feel uncomfortable like you're saying it is haunting because it's like a ghost story at the end of the day but there's also like a beautiful simplicity to it yeah. um and he really captures it in that one scene when Ewan is talking to like the patient in the bed mm. um and again that scene is pretty much identical in the book and i was not expecting that because i was like this is a mike flanagan our scene um so yeah. i have to give props to steven because he wrote it that way <laughs>
1: mm, definitely <laughs> you know, pretty
0: much identical
1: Yeah, definitely, you know, but I think it is just something that Flanagan brings to screen, why he was such a perfect match for it. Yeah. Because you had great content in the book, but you still needed a visionary to get that on screen because there are so... The the things I was most nervous about for this film adaptation Mm. were the things that Flanagan nailed the most. Right. (laughs) You know, and it was the scenes like that. It was the portrayal of... um, Abra's abilities and Rose's abilities because these two characters are very they're, they're thousands of miles away from each other, but they are communicating by the shining mm. and kind of how they communicate in the book was amazing. And I absolutely pictured it and it was perfect. And I thought to myself, Christ, how do you put that on screen? And he did it. He absolutely did it, you know, mm. and um They really were fantastic scenes that obviously the book can have so much more of a back kind of description for it. And he gets thrown in and has to give you those scenes very quickly and very concisely. And he 100% delivered for me.
0: Yeah yeah for sure like there's so many weird things like the portrayal of steam uh-huh. and that whole concept Ooh. is like such a book concept because like even reading the audio but or listening to audiobook now i'm kind of like man this is such a stephen king ass yeah. book in every way because of all these different concepts and ideas and it is such a hard thing to portray as we've talked about time and time again like adapting so many of these stories and we talked about it with gerald's game where it was like yeah where do you even begin to talk about something like that um and he nailed it and so yeah like those are the moments where i'm like They got the exact right dude and he nails it so hard. But then my only thing is I wish because he comes across like what we keep we keep coming back to it. The ending—he mm. comes across like a massive *Shining* the movie fanboy, yeah. And that is like the only thing where I'm like, I almost wish he didn't like *The Shining*. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because then he wouldn't—he wouldn't have felt the need to constantly reference it and step yeah. on its toes. And yeah. again, for me personally, I don't know how much of that stuff is in the book, so I'm yeah, really not. interested <laughs> <laughs> because I—I I, I gather from you and like our conversations we've had off air that are already spoilery—that um, the ending is very different. Um, but like, if that stuff is in the book in any. then i obviously can't blame it on mike (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) yeah it's weird because yeah already like where i am at the book it's very much like the the shining references are exactly what i want you know it's like it's a reference it's a talking about wendy it's talking about jack it's talking about the overlook you know there
1: there is don't get me wrong it's they are not they are almost polar opposites there is the odd little thing in there but even the little nuggets i just feel are handled with so much more restraint in the book Mm. which is which is what Blows my mind that Flanagan didn't do that in the film. But still, you know, I don't want to keep being salty about the ending because this movie is something that um, we were looking forward to for so long and for so many reasons it shouldn't have worked. And even when the ending doesn't work at all for either of us for very different reasons, Mm. we still really like this movie. And it just shows what a core de force Flanagan is yeah um and you know i cannot wait to see what this guy does next and you know this this was definitely not a miss. you know this was still a great movie you know this is this is better than what most filmmakers would ever produce in their entire careers
0: yeah definitely i think that context is super important because Mm. i agree with you where i did feel a sense a slight sense of disappointment when i first saw this movie and Mm. i think it was getting in my own head, thinking about the hype and really comparing him because in my own mind, I always think back to kind of the best filmmakers around in the genre right now. And yeah. I would have put Fede in there, but he's obviously gone and done his different thing, but definitely yeah. with, with 2019 alone, I think yeah. Jordan yeah. Peele and Ari Aster are kind of like th- their comparisons make way more sense yeah. because obviously they're, their they're second the movies. Right yeah. Now. Plus their second movies both came out this year. So they're very much, they're so much easier to compare. Whereas Mike Flanagan has, way more pictures behind him i think this is like his fifth or sixth uh, mm-hmm. motion picture and then obviously like an entire one of the best one of the best seasons of television ever made mm-hmm. so he's obviously like ahead of in terms of uh, his output but i still consider him to be on that level and obviously we we've already discussed to death how much we loved us in it midsummer so mm-hmm. it was very much like yeah he's gonna nail every single thing about this movie and then when he didn't nail every single thing about this movie i did feel that slight sense of disappointment yeah. but then having now said that like you say already thinking about this movie i'm like no he nailed so much about this movie um and it is still definitely one of my favorite movies of the year even Mm -hmm. with the bad end and i think that Mm -hmm. goes to show that man if he had had somehow made that end enjoyable for both of us um it would have been a goddamn movie yeah and it's and it still is you know Mm -hmm. so uh yeah should we talk spoilers eventually
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i guess we need to go into it a bit um so yeah don't listen to this
0: if you haven't already seen the movie should we
1: go recommendation first
0: yeah i mean i would highly recommend this movie in every way um i think it's awesome i think it's 100 a theater experience go check it out um it was weird on the big screen actually because the aspect ratio was like not widescreen which i thought was a bit Mm. odd i'm curious what his take on that you know whether he's just copied what the shining originally was um it was got something damaged. that i'm i usually <laughs> i usually don't pick up on that but as soon as the movie started because especially at our cinema and i don't know if they all do this but like the trailers are shot in a different ratio and then mm. the kind of the screen widens as the movie begins yeah and
1: it's always it very happened. jarring because the screen yeah. kind of goes out of focus as it zooms out and then comes mm. back in so it's, yeah, it's very really annoying what's happening and it didn't yeah. happen in this and it was like well hang on what yeah uh we were like looking around thinking uh projectionist wake up bro yeah you got it. Oh, you fix it so maybe that's
0: um, us, but that was just like a weird little thing. But yeah, yeah. just go see this movie, man. It's yeah. it's awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, I think the ending will be Marmite. I think like, you know, not there won't be a ton of people who have the book, you know, behind mm. them. And therefore, it'll just be a case of whether it hits or miss. And I think it will hit a lot because it is well made. It yeah. just wasn't what I wanted um, and neither of us wanted. But yeah, go see this movie because it is great and you will... You'll be blown away by Rose the Hat and The True yeah. Knot and their portrayal and their just pure evilness and this this just amazing battle of good versus evil.
0: Yeah, we were saying that um, <coughs> off air, obviously we're going into spoilers now. The um mm-hmm. but like we, we haven't we obviously have a category for the end of the year for best villain. Mm-hmm. And that really hasn't been that great for the last few years. Like we No, are we've struggled. A, we're in an amazing time for horror like this is the best time ever Mm -hmm. i think and so it's been incredible you know the filmmakers that we've talked about the actors that are in the genre these crazy adaptations these new ideas great sequels great remakes um but yeah the actual rise of like a new villain does feel like it has been lacking but my god have we got one hair? <laughs> Rose the hat. Like, I wish there was more of this, you know, like I, I would hundred percent want to see more of this character. And I do think yeah. it's a shame that this might be the only time that we ever see this character because she was just amazing. And every single thing, yeah. like I've not seen someone like this really where she's so charismatic. Mm. So kind of like, um, like, enamoring on the screen because she's mm. this like beautiful woman to look at. And she's kind of like staring you into your soul. Yeah, But then you know that she wants to eat your soul. She because She's, she's so this, evil. Yeah. She's, she's this evil. horrible person. She's um, an
1: absolute enchantress in this movie. Yeah. You know, um, that's exactly what the character was in the book. And I kind of thought to myself, my God, they're going to have to like, I don't know what, you know, how they're going to cast this. And when they cast Rebecca Ferguson, I just kind of seen, the polar opposite of this movie, which was The Greatest Showman. <laughs> and kind of her in she that. in that? But, yeah, but even her in that, like, she is like a focus of, like, and, and she, she just takes your attention and kind of the second this was cast, I could see her becoming from that movie into this because I was like, mm-hmm. she is fascinating. When, you know, she takes your attention on screen and it's not just, you know, her beauty and everything else. It is just the way she... Stares at the camera and and yeah, just just demands your um, focus. You know, she she really, she really does just you know steal the show. You know, whatever scene she's in, and and all the characters around her are aware of this. Mm. You know, in the world because that's what Rose is. But Rebecca does a, a perfect job of kind of doing that because, um, you know, with, without without having that character work, this movie falls way shorter of the line than what it actually is
0: yeah definitely i think that's that's one of those things that like stephen king and joe hill man like they it's such a hard thing to write such a captivating Mm. villain because we've like so many movies have failed this over the years where like Mm. people know how to write people to root for but it's Mm. really hard to write a a person who isn't just like a piece of shit that you don't care about Mm. or someone who is just purely evil like they need to have multiple layers to them and (laughs) yeah like i do see a lot of parallels with charlie manx where like Mm. he is a character that is again is like so despicable and you should absolutely hate that they there's like a there's a magic to him where you really do feel captivated and drawn in well it goes Um, back
1: to like freddy krueger doesn't it like freddy krueger is one of the worst you know human beings ever but like Mm. you know the the charm that england brings to that performance you know that's exactly what what um ferguson does here with rose the hat but i mean definitely i mean what do you want to jump into then i mean do we want to talk ending like in particular
0: Yeah, we can do. I was just going to say as well. Like with the um the true knot, I do wish that Mm. we got to see more of them on screen. Um, because we get. We get Rose for a, a majority of the movie and we're mm-hmm. in full spoilers now, but she gets completely pushed away at the end, which is which sucks. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I was happy with the amount of screen time that she had, given that there's yeah. a lot of, of juggling going on in this mm-hmm. film. But definitely kinda like the couple of scenes we get with Craw Daddy are awesome, but again Crow Daddy, hardly yeah. Crow Daddy, but I hardly got to see who he mm-hmm. was. Um mm-hmm. the rest of the gang, they're they're almost irrelevant really. They're
1: almost the unnamed as well. Yeah. Kind of um Barry the Chink, who kinda gets referred to as Barry the Chunk, like that that is completely missed and he's just known as Barry the Chunk because of what Abra calls him yeah and and yeah kind of um Grandpa Flick is kind of obviously he has a pivotal scene um but the actual explanation behind that and also just kind of like the the, the, the not themselves all have like their different powers. Um, cause you have one to snake by Andy who is phenomenal everything yeah. she's in. And I wish yeah. we had more of her as well. Yeah. She was also, I just wish the other characters got
0: given that much time because mm. I really understood her as a character. And obviously it's mm. different because we got to see her join the gang. So she kind yeah. of has a one up on everyone is, else, is,
1: you know, very, very true to the, you know, as the book unravels, you find out more about these characters, but you yeah. just find out their abilities and their value to the knots. Yeah. Why roses picked them. And, Also, why Rose doesn't want Abra, because she's threatened by her. All of these Mm. other people are less powerful than her, whereas Abra is comparable. So that is one of the big kind of um, debates in the book that kind of the rest of the knot are like, hell yeah, let's get her, let's turn her. She'll be amazing for us. And and kind of Rose is like, she won't be amazing for me. She is a potential leader in the future. We need Mm. to kill her. Uh, yeah. because I we just want her steam and like that is a internal problem that the knot has in the book that just doesn't get addressed in the movie mm. um and an interesting one and then and then yeah kind of the, the pivotal scene of the movie is the shootout um the kind of um uh trap that danny devises and kind of the um the movie takes a massive 180 from there from the book, and that's kind of when it doesn't. Um, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't go downhill because when it when it took the 180, I was like, Jesus Christ, okay. There are there are characters that are not around anymore that I weren't expecting that to happen mm. to, and like, okay, I'm down. Like, what's going to happen? And kind of, you know, it wasn't until then. Um, and again, we're in full spoilers now that they kind of turn up to the Overlook, and it slowly gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> um, Obviously the first scenes of the Overlook kind of were phenomenal. Uh you know, the the over the lake shot and kind of the the, the build up to actually get in there um was amazing. And it was kinda of like what everyone wants that's like a fanboy of The Shining and wants to see that again. And then kind of when we start to delve in it again, you're then like, Oh no, wait, I've seen this movie.
0: And that yeah, was a bit that
1: was weird, wasn't it?
0: it's weird yeah because like you obviously you get the shine and stuff at the start which Mm -hmm. is in the book um and i wasn't a fan of the first time watching this movie again i i it's weird because i've only seen it once but i feel like there are some things that i'm going to change my opinion on and it was just it was jarring to me when it started and we have uh, a different actress of course playing wendy torrance but it's it's picking up right at the end of the shine and pretty much you know within like a month or whatever mm. so she looks exactly the same she's doing her best Shelley duvall impression which is a very good impression um yeah, but it is. is an impression and i didn't want to see that um but again kind of it's it's in the book and it is an important moment because it does set up mm-hmm. something which is hugely important in the story um which is of course dick telling danny sort of how you trap these monsters in these lock boxes oh not um, casting for
1: dick by the way
0: yeah like that was incredible yeah a little um, bit of alias yeah um oh yeah that's who that is yeah Oh my god, <laughs> he's incredible um yeah. yeah he was so good like oh. i I wanted more of him mm. um but uh yeah so like i get why that's there and it is important mm. and like you say it's in the book but just for, for me personally when i was watching it it was very jarring because the movie starts we get the amazing rose to hat sequence which i loved mm then we get like a lot of the shining music just before that. And then we see him going around on the tricycle in the hotel. We see the room two, three, seven. Um, and then we get like a, a good five to 10 minutes really of yeah. Danny as a kid and all that stuff. And I just wasn't feeling it. I didn't, I didn't want to see this kid. I was already too excited to see, you know, you and McGregor as an <laughs> adult. So I really wanted the movie to speed up. And I was like, once we got to him, which wasn't too long, like it no. felt long for me, but it really wasn't. It was probably like 12 minutes, um, including the rose scene. Um, it, I was like, thank god like this is where i want this movie to take place mm. um so that aside then going into where the movie i think eventually... i
1: think when you see it see it again because like i was not worried because i i personally knew that obviously this was a very small part yeah and so i i was happy with like seeing these characters again and i enjoyed seeing someone else play them and do the impressions cause i thought it was done i thought they did a great job and and like i say her impression was fantastic and it was just kind of yeah <laughs> for me it was kind of the nod to uh the movie Shine In that i wanted you know these you know to see these characters in the world from the the film world of the Shine In, not the book world you know it was fun and i i i respected it quite a bit actually
0: yeah so so then obviously when it goes into like you know go into the actual overlook now Mm. and i guess 2019 or whatever this movie set, that was when i got super excited because that's kind of what i wanted from this movie i wanted to see Mm. a grown-up danny i wanted to see these new characters um but i liked the fact that of course you know the overlook does still exist in the film world Mm. and and even though we'd seen it with, like, the lockbox stuff, I was wondering whether they would go that route of just it's all in Danny's head. Yeah, which is um, what like, I thought. Because I did assume that, like, once you set up the True Knot and they're this really powerful people, I'm like, okay, the only way you defeat them is, is via the Overlook. So I always thought this movie was going towards this this one singular direction. And we got there a lot slower than I was expecting, which I really liked. Um, mm-hmm. and. Then when we did get there and like you say, like once they really start raising that theme again, once they are genuinely, you know, showing you the exact same shots recreated from the original, mm. but like nowadays it's like, Oh,
1: wouldn't it be cool if Danny went to the room where the axe got hit through the door and I'm like yeah that would be cool and then i kind of saw it on screen i was like yeah it's not that cool well it wasn't there yet like that's when it gets (laughs) oh yeah but like
0: because before again once once we're seeing the lake and once we're seeing just the the frozen Mm. hotel which has been obviously way more run down and all that stuff and then like when he's talking to Abra outside i'm like this is incredible this is exactly what i wanted Mm. it's genuinely when he first steps foot in that hotel is when i think the movie takes a, a different direction because it, the movie then forgets about rose like they say yeah. this ridiculous line where he's like you'll see rose coming and i'm like because they really make rose look really weak in the finale which i really yeah. didn't like as well like she doesn't really have any defense for what's going on she's almost no. like really smug and just like you know she's just going along for it like i didn't i didn't like that at all um but yeah no, once she, she's, she's
1: more intelligent than that like yeah she just falls you know, for they their trap, 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 trap completely well, it's not even a trap they're just like here we are come get us yeah you know? and um, you know, she is much cleverer in that. And, you know, throughout the movie, she's cleverer in that. And then she just, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. And like you say, it just kind of gets a reason for all characters to get to the Overlook. And then they just get rid of Rose and concentrate. They're, they're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Danny experienced The Shining again?
0: yeah because once you're in the hotel like i loved seeing it run down but then yeah once you're seeing the door frame and he sticks his head through it and all that stuff and then obviously we get to the kind of the ballroom scene um Mm. which uh we both had different opinions on um which you really liked um Mm -hmm. i really like the concept i just didn't like the execution of it and again this might be something that when i revisit it i'll have a different opinion on um because yeah we kind of get the lloyd character um which is fascinating again in this because it's a malgaverick's of his father talking to him. Um, this
1: was the point when I thought Fannigans nailing it because because yeah, it's even different. Then, it, it's yeah, I was like, okay, this is not the ending to Doctor Sleep anymore. Rose is on her way, and we're getting cool, shining stuff. Like, I, I love the fact that um, Jack Torrance has become Lloyd, and there was kind of like this portrayal of you could still clearly see it was Jack, but he has now become Lloyd, and you know, mm. Lloyd. Was the killer who killed the, his daughters, killed the twins in the original Shining? And Jack has become that character. Um, so I absolutely loved it, and um, I, I do, I do see a point. Like I loved the concept more than the more than the execution, but I thought the execution was done good enough that I still enjoyed the scene.
0: Yeah, it's one that I think I'm going to come around on really mm. because I this is the one that like the one scene out of all the scenes in the Shine and that I do like the fact that they kind of yeah. play on your strings because like he says the same line when he sits oh, down my God, and that stuff really good. and I actually and, do obviously,
1: th- and obviously you've got Danny's problem with alcoholism which yeah. his dad had but Danny's taken the different route you know he refuses the drink. Mm. Um so, so all that powerful.
0: All that stuff's great. And I do like the fact that kind of the Lloyd character is always shot from like side profile. Mm-hmm. You never get like a full close-up or anything yeah. like that. So you are kind of looking at it like is that supposed to be Lloyd? Is it supposed to be his dad? Like what's going on? Yeah. So I did like that there was a bit of confusion there. Um, and yeah, this you is like the one the scene,
1: man, you like well, it. <laughs> I like it
0: because of what followed because that's the one scene that I actually liked that they stole from the Shine In. But once we obviously get to like when Rose is, is at the ho- hotel yeah. and she's standing where the typewriter is. And then when we get to the points where I mean, we may even talked about the maze stuff, which is different, but that didn't actually bother me. I thought that's fine. But once we actually get to in the hotel and she's like, she's walking up the stairs and danny's the one who's timidly backs footing with the axe like, and they've literally you know switch revolves uh, roles from the original movie i was just like this is so close to like remake territory for me like i really don't feel like you've earned this and then yeah like the way they resolve that which is of course him letting the monsters out who just immediately kill rose like so unsatisfying to me like the way it was portrayed on screen was unsatisfying i didn't like the way it looked
1: it didn't look good did it no No,
0: it felt way too cheap that rose was immediately out of this movie like she didn't get to fight back she didn't get to say anything it was boom she's dead and then of course then you get to the issue of like well now danny's gotta fight these monsters and again the way they portrayed that were kind of him being taken over by the um Ghost of the hotel and then chasing after Abra. So, again, he's now assumed the role of his father. Yeah, and, and he's been in the leg. Him.
1: So, he had the limb yeah. and everything. And like... I
0: genuinely thought they were going to do the whole like, she's going to trap herself in a room. He's going to hit through the axe and put his head through the door. And thank God they didn't go that uh, yeah. far with it. But it was still too much for me. um way And again, his kind of like forced hero death of like, I must stay here and blow up the hotel. It just again felt cheap. Like, Abra is so strong and so is Danny. They could have found a way out of that. It's, um,
1: that's the thing that really disappointed me it made Danny seem so weak Mm. this character that kind of um you know rediscovers how to shine and and becomes powerful as the movie goes on you know he he can do things that Abra does earlier in the movie when he kind of um throws himself and kind of Mm. takes over Abra's body and that sort of thing and he's so strong-minded he's got this ability to lock them up in boxes Um, in his mind as well, and kind of just gets overcome with them so easily. And, Mm. um, yeah, ultimately, that's where my frustration lies, that I'm disappointed that Rose got killed quickly. I was disappointed that um, we got the, um, you know, the the shining remakes that we spoke about, kind of Danny with the axe and everything. But ultimately, my big frustration is Danny's kind of, uh, you know, the ending of this story for Danny, Um, it really was not what I wanted um, regardless of my feelings towards the book um, uh, because you know I was going to go into the book but I don't really want to because I don't think that's the conversation needs to be had because this Mm. does go a different way and I just think that it doesn't have to be the same as the book but I just was unsatisfied by this it felt it felt it didn't feel genuine and it didn't feel like that's the way his character should have ended things um And it also felt like Abra became very secondary as well. You know, she is the most powerful person with the shine ability that we've ever known in this world. And she just accepts the fact that this character that she loves in Danny is just going to sacrifice himself for her. Mm. And like, I just feel like she could have said, you know, she, she could have easily got involved and helped and it just, it it ultimately then, um, you know, the ending of this movie with Danny is pretty much the way The Shining ends originally. Yeah. And it just feels like Flanagan is trying to course correct the, the original movie and kind of give King his original ending the way he wanted yeah. it in this movie, which is just disappointing because... Like, we didn't get that ending, and I was fine with that. King wasn't, and, you know, that's that's a shame, but it, that's done. Like, let's not ruin this ending to correct the ending of the movie before. Are we now going to have to have a third movie that corrects <laughs> the ending of Doctor Sleep? Yeah. We have to
0: (laughs) now because that's literally what they done. It's like, let's shit over the ending of Dr. Sleep because we, I want to force in King's original ending. So that's to appease King. But then ultimately we know by how many references there are that he loves the movie, The Shining. So I don't really know who he's trying to please. Like it's, it becomes really, really murky. And we even talked about, I think my most. The thing I hated the most in this entire movie Which is these flashes of the original Shining The actual like literally just clips from the movie Like we see the smashed in door Which is fine, he sticks his head through it Mm. If that isn't enough to show you And then we get a a cut of original Jack Nicholson Banging the door with original Shelley Duvall screaming And it's like well you've just immediately Taken me out of this movie now Because you're showing me a 40 year old movie And you're showing me the original actors portraying these characters which you've recast in this movie Was that the original actors That was 100% like Shelley Duvall
1: just screaming okay. like i so thought that it bit, was then, the ones he'd cast
0: but. well that bit and then there was obviously the the blood coming out of the elevator mm. um which i again regardless of if they shot it or reshot it because i think we both think different things mm. the, the way it's used in this movie where rose enters she sees it she just like smirks and doesn't it's, interact it's with it, and it it's off. used
1: in ready player one Oh, it was. You know, so it was used for last in Ready Player one, which worked, but this was this was almost the same. Um
0: Like she's not interacting with it at all. It genuinely looks like they just went, Can you just like film you reacting to anything and we'll just mm. insert it later on? Because mm. that's what that's what they did. Like this that, that bit was the worst part of the whole movie by far for me. Yeah. It was that little one look where I was like, really? Like you're you're nearly gonna ruin this character that I love. Like, please don't do any more of this. The,
1: the problem is it just goes to show as well that we don't talk spoilers a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Um but like it's irked us that badly that we have to go into it because until this point the movie's almost flawless yeah like i really can't critique it looking through the rest of it like all i wanted was more like i wanted more explanation on things that's all i wanted which we say all the time is the most positive thing i can give a movie like if i'm just like give me more of your good shit like Mm. you know give me a director's cut that's longer um you know but this ending could not end soon enough for me
0: Yeah, it's a shame that like a a lot of our conversation has focused focused on this. But the thing is, that that is we talked about that before. Where it's like the ending is the most important part, and even though we can sit back and say because some people if they didn't like the ending will say oh the movie sucked they didn't like it and Mm -hmm. we're not saying that we're saying we actually really like this movie we highly recommended it but this ending is just not good and Mm -hmm. i would love to see people try and defend it because (laughs) i genuinely think it feels poorly made and it feels quickly made like haphazardly Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it has the same care and love of course Dr. Sleep has because it's written by Stephen King, and this entire movie had mm. because it's made by one of the best filmmakers around today. Um, it genuinely feels like this weird fan fiction place. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame because, yeah, yeah. Th- other than that, like you say, it's we haven't focused on a lot of the movie and the different relationships because <coughs> it's just awesome. There isn't much to say. Like, I love mm. Danny in this movie uh, again, up until he gets to not do much in the finale. Um, again, love for the interactions I'm not going to lie,
1: like that, you know, it, including the shootout if you know up until that point I was like fuck I yeah. don't know what I'm going to do right now I th- this might be my movie of the year yeah because I just love it so much and it's like this and I was like I can't believe a king adaptation is going to shit all over like the, <laughs> the list again but it's going to yeah. like and then it just didn't it didn't happen like I was um you know it it fell short at the end you know that really will be the difference come the end of the year I'm sure it'll be in our conversation on that year end podcast but mm. It would have been a very different conversation had he had nailed the ending.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's, it you is. Know, and it's that's why it's,
1: crit- it's harsh critis- critis- yeah. criticism, because it was so close to being elite.
0: Mm. And again, I think that does go to show with this year. like We are, we have to judge this movie based upon we're seeing it in November, and mm-hmm. we're seeing it in, I think, the best year we've had since we've started this show. Yeah. And oh, so- the show.
1: By a country mile
0: yeah like our top 10 is going to be absolutely outrageous and yeah, there are like going to be... this
1: movie would have been you know towards the top of a list any other year mm. you know um regardless it just shows how strong this year is that it Definitely. you know it will start to fall down so
0: yeah it's a weird one like i i feel like again <laughs> every time we sit down and talk about this i feel like it feels negative but i still have such a love for this movie mm. and i do desperately want to see it again because i do think that some of the problems that i have with it most notably the intro um because pr- it was pretty much it was the intro obviously that i personally didn't like and then it was it's the second rose enters the hotel yeah um and prior and then till the end credits because they never get yeah. back like the, no, the end even, scene no. i really don't like either it's so close to being brilliant like i love abra talking to her mom and mm-hmm. she's like she's talking to danny first and then she yeah. basically says like who are you talking to and she's like oh no one and you're like okay she's doing that and then she's like you know, know what no i'm not gonna lie to my mom anymore and, like she yeah. does say like danny's hair he's fine people do you know come and visit me after yeah, death and it's my okay dad's
1: fine and yeah, like I, love and I, that. I wish i wish they'd just like walk down the stairs and the movie ended on that note like just, you know it didn't need a nightmare on elm street ending of like this weird because cause, what it is even... the most generic horror ending, which is just like, yeah, oh, there's a monster
0: cause... in your bathroom. But what does that even mean
1: anymore? I have no like, idea. That's what I don't understand. Like, is she now haunted by all the Overlook ghosts? If Rose yeah. was killed there, can Rose now haunt her? Mm-hmm. Like, because Danny's there, the the yeah. the bathroom, which is there, is Rose gonna like rock up? It just it just made no sense to me, um, and yeah, it was just very unsatisfying. Um, you know, final final note to the film. I hate to sound so salty on
0: this movie. No, I'm the same, and I'm I'm genuinely disappointed in in this because, mm. like you say, I, I I we always want, of course, we want every movie to love, but especially a movie like this mm. when it's a director that we love, when it's a story that you love, when when we were so hyped for this, I feel like it's so easy yeah. to kind of like us to go, we love it, and mm. and we still love so much of this movie, but this ending is a problem, and mm. you can't we can't ignore it, unfortunately. God, like, God I wish I hadn't seen it. I wish I'd have just walked out of the cinema when Rose ended the hotel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Me too. It would have been 10 out of 10 at that point. Like um, (laughs) the, you know, not going to go into spoilers here, but like, obviously when we got into that final act of three from hell, I started to get worried because it wasn't what I wanted. And I was like, Oh no, please don't fuck this up. And like, he (laughs) brings it back. And Mm. left me with such a smile on my face at the end of it. And like watching it again, I am less and less bothered about the way it went and like, just really love it. And like, yeah, this one, I just don't see me ever getting like, I I, want to get to the point that I can just live, you know, get through this ending and like tolerate it because I want to love the rest of the movie.
0: Well, I can already tell when this is a movie that I own, I probably will turn it off when Roseanne is the <laughs> hotel. Like, I just, like, I'm going to watch that stuff again to see how I feel. But if I feel the same way, then I'm just not going to watch it anymore because I don't yeah. want to see that stuff. Yeah, just listen um, to the last couple of chapters of the book. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion on Dr. Sleep. I knew this would be an interesting a long one. one going in. But uh, yeah, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Yeah, we do have a, a little bit of feedback this week. Of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter at SHB pod. Or if you want to send us a longer email, it's superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, we do have another one from Sean this week who uh, uh, said he loved our um, spoiler review last week of Free From Hell. Um, Thanks, man. Glad you liked it. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm we, glad you We enjoyed that. doing it. I enjoyed that podcast
0: yeah it was it was a nice little halloween one just a little treat to be like no nah, let's just continue to talk about this movie and like you say even though we have talked some more spoilers this week than we ever normally do mm-hmm. that was nice to just to be like right scene by scene go through it so definitely check that one out if once you guys have obviously seen the movie um he he was uh he did see terminator unfortunately <laughs>
1: <laughs> i tried to warn you bro yeah like,
0: um, he,
1: he was more hot on it though which i'm glad like. Well,
0: he's more hot on it, but again, it's not like he loved it. No, like... and
1: and everything that he mentioned in the email that he didn't like was what I hated and and just drove me to insanity. But it just shows how balls deep I am in like that world. Where I just couldn't forgive it
0: yeah like he literally said it's a very good film
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: um but i think he didn't want to like yeah literally wish he hadn't have seen it like what we did um yeah. but that's just us and uh yeah he said that he, he's Sometimes very Sometimes much... we have
1: strong opinions <laughs> what can i say
0: who knew um but yeah he says that he's very much been enjoying creep show as well um mm. he looks forward to the next season um he says that he just picked up ash vs evil dead the complete series on blu-ray
1: hell yeah um, i wonder he didn't say whether he'd seen it before i don't know whether he's ever said hmm. but if he hasn't seen it before i can't wait yeah like to hear what you he think let us know because that is a <laughs>
0: hell of a ride and just it's just doofy. savor it savor every moment of that savor all 30 or whatever episodes it is because yeah it is a joy and that finale i've st- i think i've still only seen it once that yeah, finale. and i loved it so much we had such a great time watching that together yeah. um that was awesome um and yeah he's obviously uh dr sleep we did get slightly early crazy enough what? um yeah a week early so he's going to be watching it uh, or listening to this rather after he's seen the movie and yeah he says he cannot wait for it um oh yeah so yeah hopefully you enjoy it as well um but yeah, that's
1: pretty much because it. For we this did, week. guys. We did enjoy it. We did enjoy it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, except for the ending. Um, should we talk about some TV? Because there has been a lot. Um Let's do it. Obviously, American Horror Story is is continuing on, getting towards the end now, actually. And we've not talked about it in ages. Yeah, I'm not um, going
1: to lie. It's taken up all of my, my TV mindset. It's so fucking good, man.
0: <laughs> so, have you seen episode seven, the one that just I might aired? Have. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, um, I guess this is going to be slightly spoilery. Like, we're probably not going to spoil everything, but um, because we haven't we haven't literally talked about it since I think the episode one, um, like properly. Um, Oh my god,
1: so much has happened.
0: Well, I feel like there's there's episodes two through five are kind of one season and then there's the last yeah. two which we'll get to so i i think up until episode five obviously it was exactly what i wanted it was this the fun ae slasher season and i think mm-hmm. that around episode two or three i was kind of aware of how quickly it was accelerating where i was yeah. just like wow they're really yeah, getting free. All, like, they're all, killing
1: all of our characters were aware of there being killers out there and yeah. quite a few of them were getting killed off
0: yeah and they were trying to escape and i was like okay there's no way that you can kind of do this for a whole season and i'm glad they didn't because scream queens which i loved but that was you know it was a who done it for the whole season yeah, and so they're and definitely even like
1: teams you know the scream tv show did the same thing as well
0: yeah so there were episodes in that where it was like okay we really need to slow it down because we can't give you everything whereas at least the joy of this of like going like no we're going to tell this part of the story over five episodes yeah. means that it never slowed down and yeah i didn't really have anything bad to say about this first one no, like, uh, i'm
1: and what it does is give such a great love letter to slasher horror mm. movies. Not just in these, the the scenes of kind of you know the killer and that sort of thing, but the whole twist and turns. Like I loved how batshit crazy it was. Yeah. Every every character has some sort of heel turn or <laughs> yeah. or good to evil, evil to good, and mm. swing backwards and forwards. And it really just it's just fun. Like it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but mm. I goddamn love it. Like it's played so well and just just done in such a genuine way that that yeah every every twist and turn I was just completely on board with
0: yeah i just loved how it was just like everyone's gonna have some sort of crazy backstory and be a villain yeah. in some way which was great um but uh yeah then episode six which is obviously picks up kind of like the day after where everything's happened and we're slow mm-hmm. and then we we really start accelerating through the timeline um mm. <clears throat>
1: this episode yeah, we was we go through the decade don't we kind of yeah, yeah.
0: It, um this was episode 100 of the show in general mm-hmm. as well so it was supposed to be this big landmark and i didn't like this episode like it was my least favorite of the entire season i did again i didn't hate it it but it was very much like okay we need to now set up what the next part of the show is going to be like and i think sadly that's continued into episode seven which again is like it's really slowed down i think and it's like they get into this point they get into a party to say the least that there's kind of clearly going to be the finale of the season Mm -hmm. um because i think it's only nine episodes this season so i think it's a slightly shortened version so yeah we've already seen seven so maybe it's like I guess like a two part finale now is literally yeah. all we've got. But I I really felt like I don't know about you, but six and seven really slowed down. I was like, okay, I know where you're going to. Like you need to accelerate the time. They've set up different stuff with like jingles, which I love. Like jingles has been the best thing of the last two episodes for me. Like, oh, I love all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I really feel like everything else with the camp and and the ghosts has really really slowed down. How the... do you feel about the last couple?
1: No, I've I've still been pretty much enjoying it. Like yeah. um, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily like the whole jingles and his mum stuff to be fair. Um, oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I was thinking about more adult jingles. Yeah.
1: I loved him as an adult and kind of his character motivation. But when we got like more jingles backstory with his mum and that, I didn't really, I didn't really like that, but yeah. Um, I didn't like the forties or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, and, but the rest of it, um, I've still been on board with, I just, I, I love all these characters mm. and I love just the crazy kind of story they're going down. Um, so yeah, I I I wasn't really against it. I do I I definitely enjoyed the first five more, um, but this it only was a slight step down, and it was just kind of like this. Uh, you know, it couldn't, as you said, it couldn't keep going for ten episodes the way it was, or nine episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. It had to take a step step back and take a breather. And I didn't want mm-hmm. them to still be at the camp as they were. I didn't want it to just be like, oh okay um, you know, a fucking bus turns up full of kids and we're gonna have to pretend all all is good or, you know, something dumb that that reset the clock. I like that we've had this jump and our characters are all really different. We've been reintroduced to them and now we're gonna see kind of you know, that, that so many of them had a different role reversal now. There are there are clear villains that weren't villains at the start of this and clear, mm. you know, um villains that we're now rooting for as kind of quasi good guys. And it's just kinda like I really like that. And I think they needed this little breather to um do that it was weird that kind of episode 100 fell fell in the midst of that because obviously you know tv shows like to kind of landmark it um i didn't think it was a bad episode but yeah it certainly kind of wasn't the the fanfare spectacle of an episode 100 that i kind of thought Mm. you know they they care about that sort of thing this show you know that was episode that was episode 100
0: and then yeah the one after it was the halloween special so they they are that's traditionally a big deal for american horror yeah yeah to me it was anyway it was like god these are the two slowest episodes yeah
1: so that was a bit odd but but yeah i've still been i i absolutely love it the second the opening credits music rolls i'm just in and and yeah i'm 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 loving this season
0: yeah i love that music so much i'm glad you're still enjoying it i I wish i was as much as i was at the start because i was like in love with the show and Mm -hmm. now it's kind of like okay like i i'm looking forward to seeing how it ends but um yeah, it's, it's definitely slowed down. Like, I, I still think it's a great season so far. But I definitely think, like, with, with kind of, like, Billy and Cody, they're just kind of, like, stranded there and they're not really doing much. And then, like, Emma Roberts' character has just been, like, she's been a bit of a passenger the last couple of episodes. Like, it really has been just jingles. And then we haven't really seen much of Nightstalk or either, who I really like. Um, mm. So he, he's the yeah. one that's
1: been missing the most
0: yeah like i'm i'm i think they will give a satisfying finale because like i say, i've still really enjoyed the season it was just before it was like the first five i was like this is incredible and it was yeah. the last two i've dropped off a little the bit. way that um,
1: the, what they've set up i think will be a will be a great finale
0: oh yeah for sure it, it, either way it's going to be like entertaining because there's a lot of stuff mm. that's going to go down in the finale or the, the yeah. last two which i'm looking forward to
1: oh yeah uh, there, there will be blood
0: but uh, yeah, that's I don't know. Is we watched any other TV? Because like the Purge has started, and I haven't actually yeah. started it yet. Have you started no, that or not? No, I haven't no, started it
1: yet. No, I've, I've been, been waiting
0: been, cause I think there's about four out so far.
1: Uh, three I think, but right. maybe the fourth one is about to drop. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've um I've been watching some Walking Dead. You know, God, it's, how it's, is it? It's Walking Dead, man. Like um,
0: I've not seen anyone talk about this season, no, which is crazy.
1: No, I mean it's slow. It has its moments, like mm. um. It's, it's weird because, um, with, with like the last couple of seasons, we've had some pretty cool characters get introduced. And like, whenever I see them, I, I, I quite enjoy them. And it's whenever we get back into like the older characters, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, really more Carol stuff? <laughs> like, I just can't be doing with them. Um, you know, and the, um, the Whisperers are just awesome, and like all of that stuff. It's just that, you know. And then suddenly Negan pops up, and I'm like, "Fucking hell! What are you still doing around Negan?" Like, and it is odd, but um, I still, you know, it still has its moments. Like, I just can't stop. I just can't stop, man. Mm. Like, I won't stop. <laughs> I, I mean, I tried to stop. I did stop, but I can't stop. Like, mm. I, I came back.
0: I know. I respected you so much when you stopped, and then you just. You just learned it, didn't you?
1: I watched, I watched the fucking Puppet Master movies, man. I'm going to mm. see this through to the end, aren't
0: I? <laughs> <laughs> see, see, do you know what the great thing about the Puppet Master franchise is?
1: <laughs> that it has an ending?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to go on forever.
1: <laughs> but the ending was the best part. It was the best movie. So maybe, ah. the, maybe the last season of The Walking Dead will pay off for me.
0: Part yeah. of the journey yeah. is the end. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure you'll keep us. Mm keep us up to date with that one Um, yeah with
1: my in-depth reviews like i just gave you there (laughs) yeah it was
0: it was wonderful i already too much (laughs) for the yeah i I,
1: I could tell man
0: (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah this was this was an interesting episode so in the next couple of weeks um obviously satanic panic is one that we definitely want to check out yeah um have you have you got it yet
1: the blu-ray is on my shelf i'm ready to watch
0: so um yeah because this was this this looks interesting and then definitely the other one is the nightingale which is available on demand now oh, um came out last week uh so yeah we talked about it in the news a few weeks ago i think that we it looked like it was getting like a sneak on demand mm-hmm. um release and it has done um so yeah those are definitely yeah. two that we want to be
1: honest out. with you i was ready to snooze on that one until we had sean's review and now i'm now i'm kind of pumped
0: yeah, like it's to to be honest, it's not up our alley at all in terms of no, what it sounds like it's about. Um and again, neither of us really liked their previous movie either. Um, but it's definitely it's one of I think the the kind of more important releases in horror in this year. So I think we definitely should cover it. Um and who knows, it might might surprise us. Um But uh yeah, that was episode one hundred and sixty nine, which was a very interesting one where we talked about Doctor Sleep. Uh thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon.
1: See you later, everyone.
0: Soon enough anyway, shut up, I can't, mainly because I never could, how could I start that?